0: Welcome listeners to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God.
1: Come on, deuces. What's up, everybody? That's awesome. Good morning. Can we give Jesus some praise this morning? If you believe he'll, He's still doing miracles, man, it is going to be amazing today. I'm so glad to be with you guys, and we had an amazing weekend already. Friday night, Saturday, uh, XO Conference was so good. Can we can just, again, give the team and everybody that showed up to XO Conference a hand? We had, we had God do so many so many amazing things, and uh, today we get to answer some questions, and um, we're going to end our Dearly Beloved season, uh, series, and then next week, we're going to start a series. Come on, Vol for Life. Come on. Oh, yeah, baby, Vol for Life. We got a whole series called Vol for Life. And so we're gonna convert you one way or the other. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of orange and, and checkerboards and all that kind of good stuff. And UT is, is gonna win some basketball games because we're doing Vol for Life series. Um, and so we're excited about that. I get to speak with my wife today, which is awesome. We're, we are, we've been praying. Yeah, come on, everybody's like happy to hear from her. Everybody, they're like, you know, we trust her. That's good, You should. Like, like, you know, it's, she's, the, she's the one that uh, just keeps it all going. She's amazing. She's my, been my living girlfriend for 21 years. And so um, it's been amazing. And uh, uh, she didn't know I was going to say that she's looking at me with a little bit of a look there. Um, and uh, I, I would just say this. I, I'm continuing to try to uh, understand the verses that, that where Jesus calls us his bride. Um, it's very interesting that we're referred to as the bride of Christ, not the wife of Christ and we're referred to uh, the bride of Christ because uh, on the wedding day, when you think about it, the bride is in her spotless gown. She's in her, her veil is covering her, her face. And, and there's a lot of those pieces of that, of that analogy of a bride that it's a perfect day. And Christ sees us spotless. And as he did what he did on the cross, he looks at us as his people as pure and spotless and, and beautiful. And uh, even when we think we have blemishes and we're missing uh, certain parts of beauty or we've got beauty marks, he's still calling us his bride because he still sees us as the spotless bride of himself. And God's called us to call our spouses our brides. And so it's easy to get into, oh, that's my wife, but like, if she's my bride, I see her every day as that spotless, blameless, beautiful wife that she is. so uh, graciously gifted me to have her as a wife. And so anyway... Um, we, we're going to answer some questions. We've got a lot of things, and uh, we're on a journey, and, and we don't have all the answers, but we've been through a lot. We're going to be real vulnerable and open today. Uh, isn't that, aren't you glad to be in a church that's real and open and vulnerable? So uh, we, we, you know if, we, if we're sharing stuff, I don't know what she's going to say, really. I'm praying. I'm, I don't know. So I'm going to talk for a real long time. We're going to go back and do a worship song. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so we're going to, let me share this one verse before we get started. At the end, if we have some time, we're going to have uh, opportunity to pray for marriages and pray for singles and pray for, for couples. Um, we want to do that. And, and I want to share some of the enemy strategies at the end of this, what he's tries to do to, to couples and people. And I want to attack his strategies, but second Thessalonians three sixteen says this, may the master of peace himself give you the gift of getting along with each other at all times in all ways may the master be truly among you. And so the key to getting along with each other in marriage and in relationships is having the Prince of peace in your life. What that's saying is you'll never get along with one another. If you truly haven't surrendered to the Prince of peace, it's the master of peace that can allow you to walk in peace with each other. So I want to set the stage with that verse I want us to walk in peace because the master's among us. So, some Q&A. Maybe you want to start out some of these questions. You may start the first one? What is a good godly pickup line that does not make you sound or look stupid? <laughs> these are questions that came in, okay? We didn't make these questions up. <laughs> what is a good godly pickup line that doesn't make you sound or look stupid? I, I wrote, hi, my name is. <laughs> How about that one? <laughs> You you have time, What's yours?
0: No, I, I don't have one. You don't I have just one? have. Um, yeah, what was ahead. Boaz before he met
1: Ruth? He was ruthless. Mm, that's good. I I, I, I thought he, she was going to say dumbass, but but you can't say that in church. <laughs> but. <laughs> She
0: didn't. <laughs> he, he just said that in church. That's half of his name.
1: Oh, That's half of his name. I just, I just added a little bit to his name. I didn't, y'all, I, y'all didn't hear it. Y'all didn't say I that. Wonder I didn't rule, say that. Don't who the rule zone. follower is right, in this forward. relationship, who follows the rules.
0: <laughs> you had a good one. That's a good uh, pickup the, what, line.
1: Oh, yeah, here's a pickup line. I was reading the book of Numbers, and I don't have yours. Getting, huh? That was the only one we could think of. Yeah, um, This one isn't from the Bible, but girl, you look tired, are you? No, you've been running through my mind all day long. Uh-huh. Anyway, sorry, that's bad. All right, what happens, what happens when, um, when the men and women's stereotypes are reversed in the relationship and how men typically respond um, is how the woman is and vice versa. So we've talked about some generalizations about men and women throughout these series. And, and uh, so, or, or the woman doesn't fit into any box and feel like she's not herself anymore because of her spouse. And so you, you're gonna take some of that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about, there's that. a couple different answers. Like, well, we've discussed some of these. And also, hey, I just want you to know that I prayed Matthew four twenty four and 25, just that we would have... Um, it, one version says it's the precious gift of ears to hear and eyes to see, open, open to understand. And we just really want to be real, but also to know that we're not dis- disrespecting one another in any way. We're trying to be vulnerable. Yeah. So, um, you know, in Genesis 3, where the, God kind of says, part of the curse is you're going to try to control one another. You're going to try to fight to be the head. And that starts out, a lot of times we think we recognize that, oh, that's controlling. But sometimes it's the smaller, it's the little things, like um, just that comparison or that judgment that slips in. I don't know about, sometimes it's confusing because I just read this week about the tabernacle that God gifted a man with gifts of embroidery. Just, I mean, it was a supernatural gift from God that he could embroider and make curtains. That's not
1: stereotypical. That's not, you know, we get, we get our
0: stereotypical mixed up with the Bible sometimes, but I kill the spiders in our house.
1: Yeah. yeah. He
0: can't stand spiders. I kill the spider. He will call me.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And sometimes Jude and I, Jude and I have found. That's our second son, uh, plastic spiders.
1: They've, they've, bought, they've, bought plastic, they've bought real very real looking uh, plastic roaches.
0: They don't even look real.
1: I hate roaches. They just man. work. Okay. I hate to kill a roach because you know when you miss it and it jumps off the wall, man, that thing is coming <laughs> at you I, I, and then you can't find it. We, we have an
0: arsenal of plastic roaches as well. But anyway... Um, I, I'm the one that loves yard work. I love to climb up trees and chop down limbs and
1: I like hotels. something
0: I did with my dad. <laughs> and I, you know, I did. And
1: it, It's true. Like when she heard her dad's love language, it was her dad wasn't very verbal and wasn't very like, didn't say, I love you that way with that love language. He was more, Hey, let's go out in the yard, not talk and do work together. Mm-hmm. And so when we got married She's like, we're out in the yard. And I'm like, this sucks. Let's get this done and go have fun. You know, I'm like, mowing the yard and hating it all. She's like, she's feeling not loved. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what? This is terrible. Like, I hate doing this. She's like, well, this is how my dad and I, you know, bonded and had, and had love. And so yeah. there's different types of, you know, there's not boxes so often. There's like no. communication and figuring out how to, and how to, you know, walk through those things.
0: God gave us each a spouse where our gifts do this. And when we start comparing our gifts And our callings and trying to figure out who's the right one. That's where we get in trouble because we have different gifts, different personalities, different processing. And, you know, so Jamie's personality is more like this. He has highs and lows. And that's what makes him a great visionary, a great speaker. I'm like this. I'm pretty steady. But then the enemy can say, well, she's kind of boring. You know, she's not spontaneous. And we start comparing and we can get into our heads. It's almost like the fight for control. Instead of saying, oh, how do you compliment me? And how do I compliment you? And how did God do this with us? How do we fit? We start saying, well, this doesn't fit because he changes his mind a lot. I'm the one that doesn't change my mind a lot, you know. And, and, And then he says, well, she never changes her mind. So, you know, and that's where the lies come in and we make these boxes. And the truth is, Tim Keller uh, wrote a really good book called um, The Meaning of Marriage. And there's a chapter in it called Married to a Stranger. And it talked about how we change in marriage. Like when we met and married, we were a guy and a girl. And then when we had our first kid, now we're we're married to someone different. You still
1: are a guy and a girl.
0: (laughs) Yes. But we're married to someone different. Now I'm married to a dad and he's married to a mom. And our roles change and we go through different seasons. And where we were supposed to cover each other in the seasons of our lows or highs, we begin thinking, well, he's low, so I'm in charge now. Or she's low, I'm going to make all her decisions because she's incompetent. Instead of seeing where we can encourage each other and raise each other up. Yeah. Anytime we push for our way or our agenda, we've, we already should know we're off. That we're instead of saying, how can I make him successful?
1: It's good. Yeah, I think, and, and, and in that specific question, you know, someone said, I feel like I'm losing myself, you know, because of my spouse. And there could be different issues. I mean, I would say that that's probably needs some counseling. I mean, it sounds like someone's being a little bit invalidated or shut down. Or, but, I, but I also wouldn't say um, that you are, you know, there could be processing differences. Her and I have a lot of different processing differences. And so I'm a verbal processor. I process out loud. I'm a fast thinker. I'm just, she's an internal processor. So when I th- am thinking fast and I've gotten counsel and, and instruction, it's not that I think she, you know, she can feel like I think she's dumb or I've invalidated her. It's it's And, and if I'm in my flesh, I can come across rude, and impatient, thinking she doesn't know what she's talking about. But the reality is she t- processes better internally. I just
0: need a second. She needs a second. <laughs> I just second, need a you know? I'm yeah. just like,
1: you know, and she's yeah. like, let me think about it. And so in the middle of that, Processing like we, we were doing some finances about a year ago or whatever and I, I needed some reports and I was like hey I need this and this and this and what do you think about it? and she's like you know giving me this this answer and it's I'm, I'm thinking that's not what I wanted and I'm like no 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 you know and what she felt like is I was invalidating her. And, and saying that she not didn't know what she was doing, but really I was being impatient and rude in a way, and she's needing just uh, she goes, listen, I'm getting it. Let me just let me get on the same page with you. And so there, there's got to be you know Holy Spirit to work in these things, and, and some of the you know some of the differences in processing or how do you how do you process personality um, you know design. We do something called plugged in. Um, we got a Kevin uh, Waters, Mike. Uh, who saw These guys are experts in something called PI. And in our Plugged In class, we do PI. It's a, it's a personality assessment tool. It's, bi- it's, it's scientifically based. It's very accurate. Uh, and, and I would encourage you, if you haven't gone to Plugged In, go to Plugged In and, and get that PI and look at how you relate to your spouse and how you're designed. And I think it's very powerful I just, to do that.
0: I just want to say one more thing because this answer is always ongoing. I like a clear solution and a clear <laughs> answer. But honestly...
1: Different roles and stereotypes, you mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, for different things. But honestly, the, the, the mystery of marriage, two becoming one, but yet being who you are, submitting it to God, then taking parts of who you are and realizing they need to adjust or adapt or change under the Holy Spirit. And there's seasons you do feel like you lose yourself. It's real. And then you have to seek God. The answer is always God, right? Good. You have to seek God and say, show me. Is this something I need back? Or is this something I need to release? Constantly. And we, if we don't constantly do that, then we're not healthy. Because there's always something. There's always a new season or a new season of our kids or a new season at work. That we're constantly fighting to become one and complement. Fighting to know who God's made us and pursue his callings, but yet knowing what to lay down.
1: That's good. Uh, as a married man, should I be Facebook friends with my ex-girlfriends? Yeah, yeah, y'all, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, let me, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wrote not suggested, my, you know, it's not, su- I mean, listen, I mean, this is why I wrote that. Because there are people that are still friends, okay? But there are would, rare occurrences. It's rare. But listen, I would say, if you, if you are friends, you and your spouse are friends with those people. It's not you're friends with that person or there. You and your spouse are friends with that person, and you and your spouse know, and you ain't talking to them unless your spouse is talking to them. And they and, can peruse your Facebook anytime. That is out in the open. I would say no, but if you and your spouse have some friendships... That, I mean, because there are those cases. I mean, we have families that go here that actually have their ex, their, their ex-husband or ex-wife had, have goes here. They they worship together, and it, you know, it's but it's you know, it, it's, it's kingdom, it's godly, um, and it's cordial. But again, it's not it's not some DM message on on you know, come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, spouse plays video games while I'm in the room. How to set boundaries and limit his time on video games? Come on, glory to God. Um, Listen, I mean, we, you, you guys, if you didn't go to XO conference, you should have. Like, look, look, this talk, this, this, this talked about a lot of that. I don't know. I, some of these are just simple um, answers that I'll, I'll run through, and then we got some different we're going to share. But you know, I, I would say this. Look, if something's taken away, obviously the question means there's probably a little bit of an issue. And so, how to set boundaries? How to limit his time? You know, you don't, you're not his mom, but but so you're like, how do I limit his time? I, I think that can get hard, but, but what I would do is I would have just open conversation, dialogue, and there needs to be boundaries. There needs to be real expectations. Like, Hey babe, when you're playing for six hours a day and I, and I'm doing all this and you, and you know, we both work and I'm coming home and you're on video games for six hours. It's hurtful to me or it's painful or I feel lonely. Or, and if he's not willing to hear that, then you need counseling. You need, you know, if you're not hearing each other and you can't have a safe place to share that, You know, I made a caveat years ago. I'm like, if you're over 30 years old, you need to not be playing video games. Okay, that now look, everybody got mad at me in the church, and that's a harsh statement. I'm just kidding. That's because I don't play video games. I play golf. So you can say, don't play golf. You know, if you're over 30. But but so everybody has a a thing they like, and whatever that might be, could be fishing, hunting, golf, video games. That's fine. But when it begins to take the place of an emotion in your spouse or when it begins to be uh, not heard or an argument and there's no boundary line, it could be TV, it could be whatever. It, uh, you, you need to hear each other and set some joint, I call it joint design, mutually agreed upon frames, and you, and you kind of joint desi- design that together. And, um, that's real helpful. What, what, you got something right there? Uh, you can read the question, read the next one, yeah. All right, this is a real
0: question that came in. (laughs) This came in. Can a marriage be saved when the husband picks his nose, then wipes his boogers on the furniture, the carpet, or feeds them to the family dog? (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) Thank you. Wife in
0: turmoil. Wife in turmoil.
1: (laughs) I would say, man, y'all probably got some scratches on you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sitting on the furniture. I don't know. I think that's, you know... It's gross, uh, but the marriage can be saved. I I wanted to share that because I was disgusted as well. So I needed to share that to you. My son does pick my dog's eye boogers and feed it to the dog. That's so disgusting. (laughs) It's not his own boogers. He picks the dog's eye boogers. She we have this little dog and then feeds me? I'm like, dude, that's disgusting, man. Uh, (laughs) Some of y'all are like, man, I'm glad I came to church today. Yeah. I shared a verse at the beginning, so don't leave here and say you didn't share any scriptures. I did. Uh, I rebuked that religious spirit in Jesus' name. Uh, how, how, to get, <laughs> how to get your spouse to stop doing the things that you find super annoying, smacking while eating, not putting his or her clothes in the hamper, not pulling the laundry, honey-do list, like asking nicely a million times does not work. Um, this, is, this is important. I, I would say don't fall into the trap of nagging, um, number one, either, either of you, but here's what you do. I would sit down together. I've done this with couples and I would say, make a list of the five top things that really bothers you, that hurts you. So if there's these things that he's not doing or she's not doing, sit together. And if you can't do that, get an arbitrator, get a pastor. Even if,
0: even if they seem petty. Yeah, they could seem petty. Like, yeah. It's
1: like the socks on the floor. Listen, this is what you do. So if I never pick my socks up and she keeps coming in and obviously that, that's hurtful. It's like, man, so we've done this with couples and she had a list of five things, he had a list of five things. And I said, okay. What are your list of five things? And, and keep it to five, you know, three to five. And so, so she, shared, he shared those, um, she shared those five things with him. And, I, and so one of them was like, you never pick your socks up and you throw them at the hamper and they're on the floor. And so, and so I said, okay, you know, John, I'm not picking on any Johns here. So John, <laughs> did you hear her? He says, yeah, she says I'm a terrible husband. <laughs> I said, that's not what she said. Could you repeat to him what you said? When you throw your socks at the hamper and they hit the floor and they don't go in and you don't take the time to pick them up, it makes me feel taken for granted. John, did you hear what she said? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is practical. This, this, is, this real. is real. real. Like, yeah. but, but we have to slow down enough. And so what I would do in that scenario is I'd say, okay, John, John yeah, I heard her. Okay, John, can we agree that that's sin now? Yeah, yeah, that would, well, what do you mean? Well, when you, when you make your wife feel insecure and take it for granted, that's sin. Can you, we agree? And the, and the wife's like, yeah, okay, yeah, right? She's like, yeah. And then I'm like, Mary, we all sin. So John's gonna mess up. And so you're not gonna nag him. You're not gonna, but, but now John, when, it's, when the socks are on the floor, she's allowed to go, hey, you missed it here. Sin just means missing it. You've missed it here, John. I love you. Can you? And he isn't allowed to get angry. You go, you're not, he's going, go, oh, that's right. Man, I I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. Forgive me. I repent. Like, that's my thing. I should get that. And so you begin to set boundaries and ground rules of what, you know, is, is sin and what needs to be repented for. And it's not some heavy sin. Sin just means missing the mark. So if you're making your wife feel taken for granted every day, you're missing the mark. And so we need to make sure, and she needs to know, he's going to miss the mark and don't nag him and come down on him. And just say, hey, we pre-agreed that and we, with the pastor, if you need to sit down with pastor or whatever, so another pastor or a counselor, get somebody that can help you navigate those four or five things and then, and then call it out when we mess up and forgive each other when we mess up and keep moving forward. That's an extreme, let me just say, that's an extreme case. Like when I'm doing that with couples, we're into an extreme place. And so, but, but, but there are some probably bigger things than the socks that you guys might need to do that with. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but it's, it is practical and just kind of helps because you do have extremes in personality. You have messies and you have neat freaks and it just kind of levels the ground a little where one person's not asking for 20 things and... You know, yeah. You just, balance. It's just
1: good communication. Uh, how to have both husband and wife set expectations? For example, wife says, "My expectations are," and the husband will just say, "Whatever you want." He won't communicate expectations. And so, um, we talked about this in our series. You know, really, just unspoken expectations are a, a really big ground for frustration and pain. And so, man, get together and talk about your expectations. Talk, but guys. All all life depends on communication. When the plants stop taking in sunshine and they stop doing photosynthesis, which is a, a form of communication, they die. When communication stops, death sets in. And so if there's not safe places for communication to communicate, here's my expectations. Men, if you won't communicate your expectations, then she can't know and you can't be frustrated. And I would encourage you, write down your expectations. Put them in writing because writing makes exact people and you can say, hey, we've got these mutually agreed upon expectations. And so I think it's important that you would write it down. And if you can't resolve it, then you get some help. Any thoughts about that? Yeah.
0: Cause sometimes you do need help. Sometimes it's deeper. Maybe you had a parent or a boss that had unrealistic expectations and you could never measure up. And so with your spouse, you're terrified it's it might not, not even be their problem, but, but something you're projecting about an expectation, and so sometimes
1: you can be real about that, or sometimes you might have to get help. Yeah, the to, gap to between your, your the gap between your expectation and your reality is, is is frustration. So if your reality's here and your expectation's here, the whole gap is frustration. So if the man won't say a real expectation. And then he's frustrated all the time. Well, man, you have an expectation. You just need to learn how to communicate. And wives, listen to me. There's been times I felt like she she didn't wanna hear my expectations. And so wives, let your husbands you know, give an expectation and then y'all work those things out together. Some of them are unrealistic. Some of them need to be abandoned. Some of them need to be adjusted. So, hey, does this need to be an adjusted expectation? Does this need to be an abandoned expectation? Or is this, does this need to be a mutually agreed upon expectation? I think that's important.
0: Well, and being a good student of yourself and of your spouse, there's so much out there. Like, uh, I know some of you might not, but the, on the Enneagram, I'm a one. So my expectations of myself I love to be exact. I love to be fastidious. <laughs> I, I mean, I find joy in every detail. <laughs> and so I really, and sometimes I don't even, I'm so even afraid that I'll be too ex- expecting that. I remember one time I lost it. Whenever he'd go fill the dog water outside, take a big Tupperware and fill the dog water and then <laughs> he'd leave the Tupperware out there and the
1: dog would chew it. I did not remember And that.
0: I just was, I was like, I'm not, and it happened over and over. And it was oh, well, bugging you me. Oh, use the
1: Tupperware bowl as the dog's
0: bowl out there? Yeah, you just leave it out yeah. there, yeah. And so, um, you know, I kept saying this is not big enough. This is not that big of a deal. It's just Tupperware. It's not big enough to... Correct, Or, you know, you feel like, am I supposed to, how do I do this? You don't really know. We're, and um, just one day and I just snapped, water. you know, like one of my kids got in trouble at school and my, my levels were a little lower and I just snapped about the Tupperware and because we didn't talk about it, yeah, you know,
1: uh, uh, have the two of you ever experienced tough times in your marriage to the point where Satan tempted you to get divorced? Um, we, we don't use the word divorce. Uh, words have power. We've never said that to one another in 21 years. Um, uh, there are times where we didn't think we were gonna make it. Yeah, and yeah. I can't do this anymore. Yeah.
0: Feelings of that, that's yeah, there's, real.
1: There's been several times where we've been, she's been like, and I've been, two, we Two, three times yeah, in 21 years. Yeah, we can't do years. this anymore. And so what did, what did we do? We got counseling, we got honest. Like, you gotta, listen, when God looked at Adam, and Adam was in the, come on, man, listen to me. Your pride and your ego's, God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And I would just say, when God asked in the garden, where are you? He asked Adam. Adam, where are you? God knew where Adam was. God needed Adam to identify where he was. And if you're unwilling to identify a problem or or that you need help, God can't heal it. I say it all the time. God won't heal what you won't reveal. And so we we I just got honest. We were we got tired. I was like I we need help. I go listen, I go to counseling. I go to counseling about twice a month. I got a counselor. That's weird. It's not my counselor. I don't name him. It's not mine. I don't possess. I don't own that. But I go and I'll give you freedom to go. You, you need to talk to people. She has a great lady. She gets to go talk to. When you're leading stuff and when you're, when you're responsible for a healthy soul, you need to, you, there's no shame in that stuff, you know? The people that won't do it are more insecure and scared because they don't want to be real or, be, or, or say, hey, I need help. There's fear and insecurity if you're not willing to go and do that. And so I think it's, and, and I go to a great Christian counselor, so he uses the Bible. He knows the Bible more than I do, man. He starts ripping the Bible out on me. I'm like, let's do not get all religious here. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pastor, okay. I've never heard that verse, you know. I don't, whatever. Yeah,
0: I waited till I waited till we were in an unhealthy place because I long. was like, I've been a Christian for a very long time, and we're I not in that I place have now. a relationship. No, great. we're not. Yeah. I, I have a relationship with God, and God should be able to speak to me. And I have so like, what's that verse in um, Colossians three twenty three? Whatever you do. Do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. I'm doing this for Jesus and Jesus is gonna help me and I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna say, bend me, Lord. I'm gonna humble myself and I'm gonna do it right because I can get stuck on doing it right. And I think if I do it right, then it'll work right. And the truth is, then I'd be doing it all by myself. And even though I was trying to do it with God, I had to learn to partner. And this broken, sinful world and so many pieces and so many pieces of our families of origin Sometimes it's okay to say, hey, yeah, we need help. I need some godly input here. I, I, I can't see this straight because I've been trying. Yeah. So
1: We'll run through a bunch of these. We've got a lot and a little bit of time. Uh, after being on my own, being independent for years, it was a new experience, including someone into my life. Um, I love them very much, excited to start a new life together. It looks like they, they'd gotten married. And then it says, but how do I tell them I need my own, my own time and still do things I enjoy alone? I would just say set boundaries, communicate. Give expectations. Say, I need some time. Don't take it personal. We, we, we each need alone time. You need your alone time. Uh, next, next, Can I just yeah, say, it, and, say, and me.
0: consider one another. We had, we yeah. had a, a couple, we counseled a long time back in Texas, and yeah, he would come home from good. work, and, and they had like three kids, and he'd want to go straight to his like, office. I need alone
1: time. Yeah. Like, you don't get alone time right when you walk in the door. Yeah. Okay, man, listen to me. I know you've been working hard all day. She's been working hard all day. You know, that's not the time. Consider when you take alone time. Does right. that make sense? Like, like, and don't be like, oh, I need alone time. I've been out in the world all day. Like, no, like come home and help your wife. Like, she's been working hard. You're both you a know, partnership. joined together in that. Yeah. And so we teach our kids that. Like, my kids come home and they're like, I just need some time. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, because we don't want them one day to get into a marriage and be telling their wife, oh, I just need to go have some time by myself because when the whole family's sitting there by themselves. And right they, now with yeah, the
0: colicky baby, yeah, I need alone time. We need, <laughs> We, yeah. we, need, we need to be yeah. working
1: together. So um, what's one thing uh, that's most... Co- oft, oh, I skipped this one. Uh, sex, uh, what's okay? Uh, specifically, some different types of sex written down here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is this okay? I, I would say that when it comes to sex, guys, listen to me. Like, like whatever... Whatever you're each comfortable with, whatever you've both agreed upon, make that bedroom safe. Paul uh, said the, the marriage bed is undefiled. The marriage bed is undefiled. So. Paul did not give people instructions on what to do in their bedroom. If Paul didn't, I'm not, right? So the apostle Paul, you know, did not. And so what I would say is anything goes in the bedroom, as long as you're not bringing in other images or other people, uh, you know, or it's you and your spouse. I mean, so, so that's what I think that's what the only thing that's off limit is images and people. And, and so things, you're and then things that with. you're uncomfortable with. And so if it's not safe and, and men or women, listen to me, if the other spouse isn't comfortable with something, don't every single week, mention that thing. (laughs) Like, well, what if we, uh, we really like to, you know, if it's not on the test, quit practicing for it, right? Quit studying for a test that you're not gonna take and make a decision to love that spouse. And they're like, well, you know, don't pressure them to do something, prefer them, and just decide to take that out of your repertoire, okay? That's the appropriate word right there. I don't know why I felt that way, but but (laughs) just... Just, you know, remove that from, from your, your heart because it's pressure on someone and they're gonna feel judged, feel not enough. And so I just, so anything goes that you both agree upon that's not dangerous, don't end up in the hospital, you know, okay? So um, anyway, uh, um, what one thing most causes your arguments? We refer to arguments as enthusiastic discussions. Um, uh, obviously there's simple things, being, being hangry or just things that bug each other, differences of opinion. We're both strong, you know? Uh, Mike, you said it to me one time years ago, when two elephants wrestle, the grass loses.
0: He just called me an elephant. You're not an elephant.
1: I'm not an elephant. He's talking about your inner woman, your inner strength. Um, You know, know, we're both strong personalities and opinions, so, so sometimes... You know, not hearing one another, Uh, judging each other's motives has got us in trouble where, listen to me, you can't judge anyone's motives. Many of you go and say, well, this is what they meant. This is what they, this is what they were doing. You only, all you can do is ask. Like you did this. What did that mean? And then you have to, and and so I know a lot of people that judge motives. You can't, you can't judge the motives of someone's heart. You have to approach them, ask them, go to them, talk to them. And so I think judging each other's motives has been some.
0: You know, teenagers are master manipulators. And when we, when we had three teenagers, I found myself just dodging all the time and trying to respond gently. And then Jamie would come in and say something and I put him right in the same category. (laughs) And that, he's like, that's not what I was doing, you know, because so you're yeah. worn down, you're in something and you just, uh, you just
1: put that on the other one. Yeah. So di- uh, differences in processing cause calls, fights, different values. Like we got married, come on. And, but, and we both love God, love Jesus. I, I'd say we married for vision, but values keep you married. And so, so vision gets you married, values keep you married. And so we've had some fights around, around figuring out our value systems and so those, those, you know, she's very, you know, she's black and white, like right and wrong. You know, I'm a little, I got a little gray in there. You know what I'm saying? So. That's not I mean that's creativity, like like you have to like if, you, if I'm teaching the Bible every week, there's some right and wrongs, there's some black and white, but there's a lot of gray areas in the Bible as well, like God doesn't tell you what house to buy, what spouse to marry you know so so there's there's some areas where we have morphed or figured out our value systems together, um, whatever that might be, and, and not that we we've don't compromise yeah we've have we've biblical values, but there's some that like for i mean just there's instances where like I didn't drink for 17 years. I wasn't gonna share this, but like I didn't drink for 17 years. You're right? I just didn't. I was. I got. Um, just didn't have that in my life before I was a Christian. I, I did, and I, I probably abused that in my life. And I didn't drink for 17 years. And then I was with some buddies, and we were some pastors, and we had a glass of wine. And I was like, and the Holy Spirit's like, I'm cool with it. You're good. I'm good. I was like, thanks, Holy Spirit. I enjoyed that. That you know. And and and, and it, it was the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought he was backsliding. She thought I was backsliding. And she was very, very scared. She got scared. And like, I was like, you know, in and a, and a few months, you know, we got counseling. We talked to people about it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm a freaking grown man. I could have a beer if I want with my buddies at the golf course, you know. And, and she's like, you're backsliding. You know, there's this, this tension. But we had, to, we had to communicate and work through that. And I didn't go like, you submit, woman. I'm going to have a beer, you know? you know. And she's afraid. And I'm, I'm like, it's okay. And we're, we worked through it. And we talked through it and we were willing. And, and there was a point in my life where I was willing to say, you know, if it's uncomfortable to you. I got to a place where I said, if you're uncomfortable, I won't do it. And, and that was, I could have like done something different. But, but she was like, and she saw if I, I have accountability in my life and I make her try to take a sip of wine so I can be, in the, so she can be with me in it. Like have a sip, you know, but, but anyway, well, like.
0: <laughs> well, honestly,
1: she like, I don't know, like it. It makes me sleepy. I'm like, we don't want that.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it was actually deeper because I had said all all our lives. You know, I don't think drinking is wrong. It's just not for me. I come from a long line of alcoholics, and I just want to keep it far from me. Yeah. And so, but I, when I look deeper into our personalities. I really like my principles and values. like I really like them. And so it felt where he's going, what's going on? It wasn't as deep to him, but for me, it was foundational. And so it wasn't just, I don't want you to drink and you're drinking. It went really deep for me. But I, and I had to know that about me and release it. and And I tried to uh, I'm like, okay, I really don't think it's a sin. And, and I, I jumped on board. I'm like, I don't want to, oh, yeah. this is not for me and it's okay. And then we could talk through that. Like, and Hey, I'm not mad at her I'm not that going she won't to, go have
1: a, yeah. you know, a drink with me somewhere. You know, at first as, he took it dinner. like
0: condemnation or like I'm making a stand here. And so we had to really work through it. It seems so silly, but you know, that's true with couples. Sometimes it's the little things and, and they really do go deeper.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope you, this is okay. We love y'all. I hope you love us. But, um, but the
0: selfishness is the, yeah, a big one. Yes, yeah, selfish. On what what fight, causes
1: fights? Selfishness, really. That was, I, w- I would say there was a season, and I got a few minutes with you guys. There, there was a season where um, she, we, were, we had young kids, and um, I like golf. Come on. She, we, in premarital counseling, we talked about golf. She goes, and, and any golfers in the room? I mean, come, I mean golfers. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean... I did
0: not know the language shoot, of golf. Yeah, like, I like knew soccer, Some of y'all that play basketball. golf, like,
1: like if you're any fisherman or any, any hunter, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like golf, you know, it's like not just a recreational thing. It's like, I am going to score better. If I shoot bad, I can shoot better. If I shoot good, I can shoot better. And, and, and we're going to go top it the next week. You know what I mean? So I... I wanted, it was a season in my life where there was a, a board member in our church. He was a member of a country club. He gave me a membership. He's like, I want my, put me on as this pastoral, uh, you know, business associate. I'm like, I'm the pastor of his company. And so I'm playing golf with him. It's free. It's Tennessee National. I mean, it's the best course in the area. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm going with different church members and board members and people that are in the church. So it's business as well. So it's free. It's business. It's during my time, in the week. And so, and she comes. To me with her kids and life and distress and pressure, we're start. we're building a church. And uh, she's like, I don't need you to play, I, I, please don't play golf every day. I mean, every, every week, week, not every day, <laughs> once a week. Please don't play golf once a week. And I was like, and then we had some of our biggest fights around this. And, and I said, I'm, I need it, I'm gonna play and I'm gonna play every week, and it's not affecting you. It's, not, it's free, it's not taken from our finances. It's during the week, so you're, and it's in the day, so it's not affecting you and the kids. I'm gonna play. She wept, and, I didn't, I, and I didn't choose to, to honor her in that, and the reality was it wasn't affecting her in my mind, but I would study deep into Friday and deep into Saturday because I took time in the week, and I said yes to something over here I was saying no to my family on a Saturday because I was totally inundated. And so my own selfishness and my own making a stand and going, I need this really began to hurt our marriage. And so I, I gave up that game and gave and, and so I think just being in unity, guys, and I, 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 the next question talks about finances and should you have multiple accounts or joint accounts and all that. I would say, let me just say this way, all major decisions in our life, we do together. And any, any major decision that I've made without her, or I've claimed my authority, or I've been like, I'm the head of the house, what, any of that, any one of them, I've paid a great price, and there's been a lot of pain and a lot of dysfunction. And I've seen many men use the title of headship and authority as an excuse for insecurity and, and abuse on their wives. And I, I would say that um, if the scriptures say, Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church, wives, submit to your husbands, that's the Bible. But if, but if there's a police officer running around with his gun out all the time, something's wrong. And if the blue lights are on in the police officer's car, someone's, someone's broken the law, right? And so if I, as a boss with our staff, was always going, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I have the authority, then, then literally no one would wanna work for me. <laughs> And if I was your pastor and every day told you certain things, you've got to listen. You wouldn't like that. Same thing. She, if she told me every day, you're not loving me right. You're not loving me right. You're not loving me right. You're supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. Love I, me this way. Love, love me, me this way. way. Love me that way. And there was an unending emptiness that she was trying to make me feel to love her better. There's just a lot of dysfunction in that Ephesians 5 verses when people begin to, to abuse it and try to use it to, to say what someone's not doing or to, to position their role Versus using it to serve one another, where if I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church, I'm going to make joint decisions. I'm going to, our our money's unified. Our lives are unified. Our decisions are unified. Um, Yes, there's kind of four levels of relationship in your life. There's people that have a view of your life. There's people that have a, a voice into your life. There's people that have a vote in your life. And then there's people that have a veto in your life. When we got married, she had a view, I had a view. We started dating, she had a voice, I had a voice. When we met, when we, when we got married, we had, I had a vote, she had a vote. She gave me a veto. I have a veto, but if I'm using my veto every day for every decision, for, what, for, for and I'm having to you, I mean, I have a, friends here that are on our board and have been on our board, Mike and different, different men, if I was walking in a relationship with you in every meeting, I'm like, I have a veto. I'm the head of this thing. You're gonna hate me, right? I mean, maybe I did that twice in, in 10 years. I didn't do that, did I? We talked about it and, we're like, and we wrestled and we, we communicated. Same thing in marriage. If, we're, if, if I, just because she willingly gives me a veto doesn't mean that when we make decisions, I'm because we sold our last house, and I was in a panic, and I was like, we've got to sell it. I, this is what we got to do. I was on the phone with a realtor, took the offer without talking to her. We lost $35,000. I still owe her $35,000. She reminds me all the time of it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I, do I, do, I want to say
0: something. Anyway, I
1: hope it. that helps. I, but listen, I don't, I'm secure in who I am, and she submits to my heart. We moved from Charlotte years ago, and I heard God that we were moving from, Charlotte to, 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 I mean, from Dallas to Charlotte. I went to her. I said, babe, I'm hearing God supposed to move to Charlotte. She goes, man, I haven't heard that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And we began to pray. She never heard a big giant, yes. But she surrendered and submitted to my, in my leadership and faith that in faith. I was hearing that we're going to Charlotte. And so I didn't say, we, you have to go. You know. And then
0: we went to Charlotte and he went through a wilderness and depression. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did God tell us to go to Charlotte? Did God tell him that? And I had to. So the thing is, you just have to, God. It's God. You have to keep going to God anytime you're in a relationship. And if one of you is miserable, if one of you is going, God, I submitted to his decisions, but it's eating me alive. I'm doing right, but it's killing me, something feels wrong. I'm gonna be a godly woman, I'm gonna walk in your way. I'm going to honor, but there's something wrong. And anytime he says, I'm trying to love her, I know what I'm doing, I'm a very intentional guy, and she's never satisfied, she's always needy, and there's something wrong. When you hit those spots, then you need to, A, of course, get in the Word, get on your knees, and get in community, get in counsel. Know that God has more for you. He didn't put His word out there for us to live in pain and misery and say, I'm gonna do right if I. I used to think this. I used to think, uh, you know, where Paul says that I have the reference written on here, but he said, uh, Death in me for life in them. Now he's talking about giving his life to the church but I actually kind of took that like death in me and life in him. I'll, I'll give it, I'll serve him. I'll serve a higher call. And, you know, instead of saying, Hey, something's wrong. We need to figure this out.
1: So, yeah, I would encourage y'all. I don't know if this helps anybody. Some of y'all might be like, ah, you know, I don't. it's a little different today. Thank you, babe. I love you so much. Um, and I, let me just, I'm just going to pray a prayer for marriages and for, for singles. And, um, listen, you guys be unified, don't fight each other. Fight for each other. And uh, let, don't let the enemy. There's been a lot of uses of Scripture that have divided people. That's why we've got crazy denominations where people can't cut their hair and can't wear makeup. Come on, somebody. You can take a verse and make it say anything you want. And uh, and so let's, let's, let's focus in on the essentials and get rid of the non-essentials and be unified in our marriages. I, we missed a lot of questions we didn't answer. But uh, love y'all very much. And um, we're thankful to get to pastor you. My, my wife is, is an amazing pastor. She, let me just say this to you. She, she's a better pastor than I am. I'm, I'm more apostolic. Let's go. Let's plant. Let's build. She's the one that cares for everybody. I don't care about you. <laughs> she does. I love y'all. <laughs> father, we love you. We thank you. We need you. I do care about you all. I, I, that's a, I, I'm just so, I'm kidding so much. Father, I, my heart is like a, a, just a, a father for, for a house, and my wife just has her heart of a mother for a house, and, We just ask you for marriages, God, and for healthiness and for, 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 Lord, for life-giving. Lord, we don't want to live out of the tree of good and evil. We don't want to live out of the tree of right and wrong. Lord, we want to live out of the tree of life. Holy Spirit, breathe life into marriages today, heal what's broken, allow individuals to talk, allow individuals to communicate, let them get face-to-face, not back-to-back. let them communicate, let every lie be brought to the light. Let them communicate healthily, and and, and by your scriptures, and by your spirit. The spirit gives life, but the letter kills. God, I pray for the spirit of God to reign in these marriages, to reign in their minds. Where Satan has tried to deceive, I ask you to, to rebuke that and pull that deception out. Where he's tried to distract, I ask you to focus us in. Where he's tried to disconnect, I ask you for connection. Where he's tried to destroy, I ask you to rebuild, oh God. Holy Spirit, breathe on this house. Breathe on our marriages. Breathe on singles and breathe on singles again, oh God. Those that are looking to be remarried, Lord, breathe on those areas. And we rebuke every lie of condemnation, every lie of loneliness. There's There's a family of God right here. Thank you, Father, that you set the lonely in families and we get to be the house of God together in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Love you guys. Have an amazing week. Love you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.